0: This is your girl, Lady V, host of The V Line, and you're listening to Citywide Blackout. Lifetime's waiting in the fall side.
1: Everyone and welcome back to the show. Great to have you here. I'm your host Max Bone, and joining me is the one and only Curtis Hughes.
2: What's going on, Max? Glad to be riding shotgun here again.
1: Yeah, man. Uh, great to have you here, man. Very excited because we have not actually talked music on this show in quite a while. So this is oh, this will be a really? fun little yeah. time.
2: You know, as we were coming to the sh- getting ready for the show, I um I had a little thought. Okay, what's that? You like trivia?
1: I love trivia. I, I suck at it, but I love it.
2: <laughs> All right. Well, I've got a little uh, couple of hints I want to throw out for something at you. I want you to see if you can tell me what it is that I'm describing.
1: All right. Go for it. We'll see what I can do.
2: Okay. So what I'm thinking of is a mode of transportation that's been around since, oh, I don't know, the 11th century, used primarily for aquatic adventures.
1: Oh, I know this. I know this. I know this. Uh, It's a whale.
2: Hmm. Well, unless you're reading Moby Dick or something. God damn it. I, I was so, so close. Oh, n- <laughs> you, know, you know what?
1: It's a gondola. Is that what it is?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you might be right there. It Fantastic. Like yeah. But I've got some horrible news to share. God
1: damn it. What happened?
2: Well, unfortunately, an old acquaintance of mine passed away recently in a boating accident while in Venice. Oh, damn. You know, I hadn't, I hadn't been able to get really get in touch with any of the friends or anything like that. But I was able to reach out to him on Facebook. I send my condolences.
1: That was terrible.
2: I'm a dad. Dad <laughs> jokes. They're comedy, you know?
1: I know you're a dad. And you've actually just made that very clear to everyone around us because of that horrible joke. Uh, sorry, folks. Everyone who heard that joke is now dumber. Our bad. But that's a really good segue to introduce our next guest. Uh, this is a band that you have, have I heard you mention a couple times already. They've been featured in a recent playlist and uh, I'm sure much more to come. Kyle Nouveau, he is the, the mastermind behind the band Gabby and the Gondolas. See what we did there? Kyle, uh-huh. welcome to the show, man. It's great to have you here.
3: Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. That was uh, quite an intro, <laughs> right? <I enjoyed> that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was a bit of a that was a bit of a production there. We like that. We yeah. like that. Um, you know, since we're talking about it, though the name, and I have to ask, where did the band name come from?
3: You know, there's. It's funny to me. Like, I was working on this project, started it in 2022, and I didn't really have a name for it. Um, and then I was, I woke up in the middle of the night. It was back in like summer 2022. And that was in my head Gabby and the gondolas for some reason. And I was like, oh, that's really stupid. But uh, why not? You know, screw it. So I, I, I figured it's memorable. Um, I don't know. Now everybody calls me Gabby. So I guess I <laughs> invited that on myself.
1: Because I was <laughs> wondering. I
3: might have gone a different direction, but uh, what are you going to do?
1: Hey, you know, I have heard band names created like on the fly by, by basically just like, just like opening like the encyclopedia. What's that kids ask your parents and, and just like picking like random ass words. Like, okay, this, this, and this there, uh, that's our band name.
3: Yeah. I feel like everything's been done. I mean, how, how long have bands been around now? You know, rock bands, seven years, eight years. I don't know. But, uh, as, as, for me it's almost poking fun at the idea of a band name I guess I don't know
1: It's a good like, band name a, though actually it's because I oh, think people wonder like how who is who is Gabby and what is like a gondola I have to I have to do with it
3: <laughs> right well that, I guess that was my thought process was maybe somebody would think about it for more than half a second and it would stick in their head and maybe they might listen to the music too, Hey
1: so. it works well yeah. you know it's better than uh, Kyle and the and the uh, the so-and-sos you know like so many bands go oh, with right. like that kind yeah. of format. So I don't it's, know. That kind
2: of goes. Yeah. That flows a little bit. Kyle and the So and So's. I don't know. That could be <laughs>
1: can... our next project. <laughs> yeah, your next project. We are yeah. Kyle and the So and So's. Right. Um Well, speak. Well, speaking of um, uh, So and So's, you have a bunch of people who were who are also involved with in this because I understand that this began as like a solo thing, and then it kind of evolved and yeah. changed. So now you are a full band project. Yeah.
3: So it's. The, a couple of the guys who played on the album, they're not necessarily involved in the, the live side of things at this point. Um, and that was pretty much understood from the beginning. It was just not a situation that they were going to be available for these kinds of you know performances. Um, but uh, Marshall, who played bass on the album, he's still involved um, and looks like he's going to be involved going forward. Uh, hopefully he's a super talented guy and then have a couple other guys that we're working with um playing live rehearsing a lot so uh it's a it's evolved quite a bit the producer and the, the engineer obviously they're pretty much just on the studio side of things so um uh but they did a fantastic job and and would love to work with them again in the future um so it, it's a it's a moving target it's a kind of a fluid situation with musicians it's you know, sometimes you think they're involved, and then they got other stuff going on, and, and it just seems like you're constantly chasing it. Sometimes, but when you find the right people who want to be involved, um, it's you know, hopefully they stick around.
1: Uh, the sound is just amazing stuff. You know, I, I've been I've been uh, listening to your debut LP, Pollyanna. I've been loving just the diversity of sounds and the different songs. Of course, I think the first single was a um, uh, Pottery God and then later on yeah. steamed rice and again great great song names too actually you you're you're, you're oh, like thanks. very good at naming things
3: well it's funny so um with steamed rice it was uh it was actually just the working title for the song and then the producer Brad Lindsay uh he goes you should just keep that name because I didn't really know what I was going to call it and I'm like all right if you think that's a good <laughs> idea he's he's got good taste and um yeah it's it, I, I think it's a fun name cuz I, I don't even like, I don't even know what I would call the song. It's just, yeah. But I I think, um, you know, going back to, first of all, thank you for the kind words, but going back to the sound, um, you know, guys like Brad and and Andy Freeman, who was the mixing engineer, and then obviously Marshall playing bass and John Butterworth played drums. Um, those guys all together. I think we, it, it came together really quickly in the studio and I, you know, I'm really happy with how it turned out and a lot of credit to those guys for, for kind of bringing it to a new level. I feel like, you know, from where the demos were, the demos were pretty raw and I kind of had a good idea of which direction I wanted to go. But I think those guys really helped um, make that into a reality. Mm
1: -hmm. How did you meet these guys?
3: So it's funny. um, Andy Freeman, I was selling an old Telecaster neck that I had from a few years ago. I actually had the neck for almost 10 years and i was selling it on reverb.com and he reaches out to me and he goes hey man i live like five minutes from you can i just meet you in a parking lot and just buy this thing cash i'm like hell yeah so i meet up with him um you know we do the deal and i'm like so what do you do he goes oh i'm a producer i got my studio you know in my house you should come by sometime i was like oh i'm working on an album you know i'd love to come check that out and um few weeks later came by there and we talked a little bit and he goes, let me introduce you to my buddy, Brad, who Brad Lindsay was the guitarist in, um, in Jamestown revival, actually uh, the touring guitarist with them and played on some of their albums too. Um, and uh, he goes, I think you guys would be a good fit. I think he could really help you with producing this thing. And so we all met up, we had lunch and it was just like, yeah, let's do this thing. And then kind of, it, it's funny how it all worked out. Like it just a appeared, you know, um, just luck that I met Andy, and then he kind of put the whole thing together, introduced uh, uh, Marshall and and John and those guys, so it all just came together.
1: Nice, nice. I think I'm still on the Mimi in the parking lot with cash st- uh, statement because usually that that kind of portends dark <laughs> yeah, times. Usually goes in a just entirely different. Place. Right? Yeah. Like, I mean, it, it, it's usually I mean? like yeah. me. I'm i in the parking lot. I don't I don't remember anything. <laughs>
3: Yeah, we well, we met in the Kroger parking lot down the street from my house, and I mean, hey man, if he's gonna you know stab me or whatever, there's gonna be witnesses, so I don't think he's gonna <laughs> do it. You know, I, I figure it's better that way than meeting at some you know come to my house or something. Yeah, fair I, enough. I I've well, met, I've done quite a few of those Craigslist meetups for um, you know buying and selling stuff, and I was just so going to say.
1: I once was um, selling an old car, and someone offered to meet me. I think it was in Milford at midnight for the the deal. I thought, no, I'm not going to come home if I do that.
2: No, that's – that's not good. I do yeah. like the story, though, because that's certainly a far cry from your typical you know, Craigslist posting journey. Right. That sort of thing that you would normally hear.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely a happy ending here, so I, I like that. Um, so going back to the LP, one thing I read about that is that this is a snapshot in time. I'm curious as to what time we're talking about and kind of why was it important that you capture it in these songs. Well,
3: I think the way I feel about it... Um, like anytime. So I wrote all these songs in 2022. And if I had waited to record them and put them out, I think I would have got over them. And I, I probably would have just been like, ah, screw it. I'm not into that anymore. Um and I I wanted to really get started with this project. So I, I I hate to say that I'm not as into the songs now because it's not true, but they've been I've written them, I wrote them a while ago and they've been out for a while now. Um So they're not as fresh to me as maybe they are to somebody who's hearing them for the first time. And I think when you're, when you're a creator, when you're making something, if you sit on something too long, it can start to get stale and then you start to get tired of it yourself. And and you don't, you don't even give somebody a a chance to hear it or, you know, whatever the medium is, see it, take it in. And, uh, I just don't, uh, sometimes you got to get out of your own way, I guess I'm trying to say. And, um, for me, Pollyanna is kind of like a snapshot of how I was feeling at that time and, and where I was at musically and kind of what appealed to me, I guess. And, you know, it's always evolving. So um, I guess that's what I meant when I said that, you know, and it's funny, I actually, uh, I read that, I don't remember whose quote it was, it was some um, old rock star said something along those lines about music being a snapshot in time. And I was like, that's funny, because that was, after I had said that I saw it and it's the exact same way that I feel about it. You know, I look at it obviously not to make this comparison, but somebody who's had a hit and they're playing it 30, 40 years later, like they're probably, they, they don't play that song and think, Oh, that's um, I still feel exactly how I felt when I wrote it. It's just, they're they're almost like taking you back in time to when that came out. Like if you put on a, a Beatles record or whatever, like you just, you go right back there. And that's, that's the cool thing about music to me.
2: The uh, collection of songs you have on the album itself, is there an overall arching theme to it? Cause it has a really like mellow vibe and feel to it.
3: I guess um, probably the overall theme would just be like bittersweet. Cause I I wrote these songs right before I was going to turn 30. And um, I I was thinking about my twenties and kind of, the the process of getting older and, and kind of leaving youth behind a little bit. So there was a little bit of that. I feel like that came through a lot, both lyrically and musically in the songs, looking back at it. And I don't even know if that was necessarily a conscious thing. It just kind of worked itself out that way. So I, I guess if there's a theme, that's probably it.
2: And you also mentioned uh, for Pollyanna that it uh, it's not about genres, but I love this part. It's about the sonic. Picture. I love. I love the way that that's that's worded. What sort of picture were you trying to aim to create?
3: You know, I, I almost um,
2: associate music with colors,
3: and I think, um, like the for example, the the album art is a lot of purples and blues and like darker. And I I, I leaned into that. I feel like with the music and the songs, um, and I feel like you know from a production standpoint, we collectively leaned into that too. Just the overall vibe of the songs, I feel like there's a darker element to them. Even the the quote-unquote more upbeat songs, I think there's still a little bit of a melancholy feel to it. I guess that, that kind of comes through throughout the album, really, in my opinion. And maybe in the future I'll try to get away from that a little bit and, and go a little bit more in a brighter direction, but uh, it felt right.
1: You mentioned uh the melancholy sound, Kyle, and I was curious, um, is is your overall like feeling of um of the album meant to be like upbeat, downbeat, somewhere in the somewhere in the middle?
3: I think it's a mixed bag for sure. Some of the songs are, are definitely, you know, more up tempo and and higher energy, but there's a few that are me- very mellow, I would say, and um and just way more low key. So I I you know it's I think it covers a pretty wide range. My favorite artists, I feel like when they put out an album, they they kind of can cover that full range and, and give you a little bit of everything throughout the album. So I guess I guess that's what we were trying to do.
1: And is a sound like all you, or is it more of like a combination of yourself and, of course, all your bandmates?
3: Yeah, it's a combination for sure. Um, I played quite a bit of guitar on the album, and then Brad Lindsay played quite a bit too. Um Marshall Ficino played bass, John Butterworth played drums, and then actually Andy Freeman, who um, was the mixing engineer, the guy I met in the parking lot, he actually played drums on the uh, steamed rice, if I recall correctly, because uh, I think John had to leave early that day or something, so it was a mix, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely not a good enough drummer or uh, you know anything like that to even think about doing anything. So bring in those who are you know, qualified to do that and just get the most out of the song.
1: How do you think the album would sound if you hadn't met these guys?
3: Probably be a lot more stripped down. Mm. Um, it, it, I, don't, I don't know if it would have been bad necessarily, but it wouldn't have been as good as I think it turned out to be. But I think one thing I've learned throughout this process is um, really kind of opening yourself up to working with people who can complement your strengths and who, um, who have skills that you don't really have everybody I think works, everybody who makes good music knows how to work with people who can do what they can't and just let them have input. I think, uh, I had enough, I had a lot of respect for all of these guys to the point where, you know, ultimately, ultimately it was my decision on creative, uh, creative stuff throughout the album, but enough respect where it was like, you know, if they had an idea, I was at least going to listen to it. We didn't always go that direction, but I'm at least going to give it a chance. You know, these are, guys who've made albums and and um really good stuff so they, they've they've done a lot
1: oh sure i imagine for the group as a whole uh, this was not their um uh their first rodeo did they kind of bring a lot of uh patch experience with them when they joined uh, gabby and the gondolas
3: yeah just uh overall i think um really like i said it kind of bridging the gap between where I was and what I knew. I'm not, I am not somebody who can go into Pro Tools and start, you know, laying down a guitar track and know what to do with it. I, it I'm lost when it comes to that stuff. I, I mean, I'd like to get better at like the mixing side of things and all that, but then I can put together a demo. Don't get me wrong, but on the level that they can do where it's professional and these guys are making a living producing and mixing, like it was, uh, you know, invaluable.
1: Cool. Cool. All right. Well, we are now going to uh, switch gears and talk about one of my favorite places, Nashville, a place that I really love and I've never actually been to. But someday I will. So I've, yeah. I've been I've been out to Knoxville. So, you know, it's, it's close enough. It's close enough. Knoxville. It's close-ish, I think.
3: It's close. Yeah. Hours, <laughs> so, I mean,
1: like practically like the same place. Right. They're practically the same place. Oh, yeah. No, definitely not. But you started out actually um, in San Clemente, California. So, quite the uh, commute there. What happened to make you like up sticks and move?
3: You know, it was, I've been thinking about moving for a long time. And it was kind of like when COVID happened. I, I guess at that point, the girlfriend and I, we were kind of like, well, you know, now would be a good time to possibly do it. If we're going to do it, you know, the world's kind of come to a stop. And, we were, pro- we were kind of at a point where if we were going to make a move, it needed to happen or it wasn't going to happen type of thing. So we looked here, we looked at a couple places in the Pacific Northwest and um, really just decided that Nashville was probably the best fit, even though I I really like the Pacific Northwest too. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but we're here and uh, it's been awesome. Yeah. I, I can't say, can't say enough. It's been, it's been awesome. It's yeah. so different from where I come from too, Southern California. I mean, we didn't have seasons we don't have trees and here you know it's beautiful and it's beautiful there too for different reasons but it's you know it's green and we have winter we have it's cold um beautiful (laughs) green springs and everything which is it's fun it keeps it interesting because like i said i didn't grow up with seasons
1: i know i was just i was gonna say so welcome to winter enjoy your stay it's cold and and not much else (laughs)
3: right the first couple winners were pretty brutal and we were pretty much ready to move on
1: <laughs> really oh, wow
3: but we, well, we were just like man it's fucking cold you know and for a long time <laughs> and uh gosh it's like four months of just like you wake up and everything hurts you know and then the sun goes down <laughs> at 4 30 and not used to that you know no so uh,
2: well
1: Curtis and I both live in Massachusetts, and I can tell you it gets so much worse. It's so much worse up here. (laughs) That's
2: kind of why we're giggling a little bit. Yeah, yeah. it's like, it's it's like, it's like
1: Nashville winters. (laughs) Ha ha ha. That's like, uh, that's like entry level stuff, man. This is (laughs) when you get up to, when you get like up to cold, it's
2: it's still cold. It is. Oh, yeah. Like, cuts into your bones cold. I don't
3: think. I, I I don't think I could do any further north than this. That's Fair. one thing I've learned is like you know, <laughs> this is that's a different level. I know. Oh yeah. Doing it it's, as long as as uh, winter lasts, it's like man, that's brutal.
1: Do you feel like life in Nashville has kind of creeped into your sound too, or is it mostly like a California style?
3: It's a good question. I yeah, I think so. I mean, I've always even when I before I moved here, I was into you know guys like Neil Young and and stuff that I, you know obviously you wouldn't call Neil Young country but he's got kind of like that country-ish sound a little bit and i've always liked that I, i've always liked a little bit of that more old school raw country feel i wouldn't say it's a i wouldn't say it's a huge part of my sound necessarily but i but i like it and i i think um it's possible i don't i don't know there's you know the thing about Nashville from the outside looking in people just think about the country music stuff. There's so much stuff going on here, all kinds of music. I mean, there's a, a really big indie scene here. I got friends in that scene obviously. Um and there's some awesome indie bands that are here locally. Uh and, and pretty much anything else you can think of. Obviously bluegrass, country, um kind of more like rock and roll or I don't know what you'd call it, but like the rock bands um who were kind of a throwback to like the 70s type bands, I guess. I don't I don't really know what that genre is called, but they're here. Um, and well, then singer-songwriters
2: out there too. Oh,
3: a ton of singer-songwriters, of course. <laughs> um, so I, yeah, it's all here. It's it's kind of you know as a musician, it's kind of like a, you know whatever you're into, you can find it here, I guess. Even though on the surface, people think of the country country stuff first and foremost.
1: Yeah, yeah sure. Actually, one band to kind of uh, keep your eyes out for, it, unless you've like already seen them. Um, they're called uh, Plastic Angels, and they're actually old friends of ours from our days in Boston. And they actually moved down to Nashville, I think actually around uh, the time of COVID, too, because they're like, well, we've been talking about it. Everything's on fire. Let's just like go now. So they've been down there for right. probably about the same amount of time as you have.
2: OK, yeah, I'll keep an eye out for mm-hmm. sure. So I hear that Nashville and I have never been. I have a friend who have gone and whatnot. Um, that it's all too common to meet some really big names just as you're walking down the streets and whatnot. Has that happened to you yet?
3: you know i i don't hang out in downtown nashville much like so i live down a little bit south of nashville actually in brentwood i'm i'm kind of an introvert a little bit of a a recluse i guess uh i don't go out a ton unless like i'm going to see like a buddy's band or or i'm playing or something um which i mean i should i i really should try to get out more but i just I stay home a lot. Um, having said that, I, you know, no, I haven't really seen any celebrities. Um, my girlfriend has. She's seen a couple, but uh, but I haven't.
1: So I will ask, though, have you gotten a chance to check out, like, any, um, any shows, any particular like, venues that are, like, really awesome for you?
3: Uh, well, I don't know if you guys have heard the Ryman Auditorium here in downtown Nashville. Um, they call it, I think it's like the, the mother church of country music. I've seen a couple bands there. Um, and if anybody's ever in Nashville and if there's a show that you're even remotely interested in, be sure to go to the Ryman. it's, I think it's like 120 something years old now. And it's just, you know, wooden pews for the the bleachers and it's just super cool. That's where they did the Grand Ole Opry until I think the seventies um and just pretty much anybody who's anybody has played there uh over the past 100 years so it's just uh it's a really special venue that's one of those places you know it's funny with nashville and i i haven't lived here long obviously but so much of it especially downtown is like new these newer new country type bars and a lot of the older stuff seems like it's gone away like uh Uh, Tubbs record shop that's recently closed which was a really cool record store on Broadway and um, different places like that unfortunately but uh, the Ryman once you get inside there it really does feel like a throwback to just the old Nashville that to me is just really cool there's there's so many there's there's a bunch of venues here obviously but uh, that that one I think stands above the rest
1: do you think that Nashville will be a long-term stay for you or is this more like, Hey, we're here, we're here for now. Kind of like seeing how it feels.
3: I, I like Nashville a lot. Um, I don't know. That's a, that's a good question. I think for now, for the foreseeable future, I, we'll be here, but, uh, you never say never. I miss the beach. But, <laughs> um, there's so much to, uh, there's so much to like about Nashville too. Yeah. But, um, it's hard to say. I don't know where I'd go. I I haven't found a place that I like enough where I'd be like, okay, I want to go there. Well, go. not north, right? We've oh, we've, we, we've no. already not established north. that. <laughs> yeah, right. we're gonna leave that Yeah, yeah, it would probably be either uh, uh, south or west, but
1: uh, yeah, yeah, who knows. Well, I mean that's that that's kind of like the nice thing about like life and travel. You know, if you get the chance to go somewhere new, I say fucking go for it because you never know when you're not going to get that chance anymore for whatever reason. So if you get the chance to like live somewhere new, yeah, if it's possible, if it's feasible, go for it and just enjoy the ride.
3: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, there's traveling; it it can be really tiring, obviously, but uh, and sometimes you just want to stay home and just not do it, but so many you really can't appreciate a place or so much of the world without seeing it in person you know mm-hmm. you can sit and watch all the videos you want or read all the books you want but there's nothing like actually being there and experiencing something so I exactly totally agree. yeah yeah for
1: sure i always say if you know someone who lives somewhere ask them don't, don't go by the tour guides or the websites or whatever Go at the people because they can tell you, "Oh yeah, this is the place to get your coffee. This is the place to get your pizza. This place, fuck that place. Don't go there."
2: Right. Wait a minute. I can't. I can't uh, depend on my Yelp reviews.
1: Shockingly, Curtis, <laughs> no, Yelp reviews are actually full of shit. Yeah. <laughs> shockingly, exactly. shockingly, I know Curtis, this is destroying your entire worldview. But yes, oh, yeah. Yelp reviews are a load of shit. I do want to ask though, because we've talked to, about the music a lot. What about the art? Because I absolutely loved the cover art for Paulia. That was absolutely amazing. Who did that?
3: Yeah, um, it was actually uh, this, this girl down in Georgia. Actually, I think she's in Atlanta. Um, her name's Austin, Austin Drake, and she goes by Bottle Cap Creative. You can check her out on Instagram. I uh, had seen her art somewhere and I was like, that's really fucking cool. I wonder if she'll do an album cover for me. Cause it, I think she could do something really cool with what I'm working on. And I kind of gave her an outline of roughly what I was looking for and, and gave her the, the creative freedom. Like, you know, here's the, the rough parameters, you know, take that and run with it. She did. And, um, I thought it came out awesome. She did. She did an awesome job.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I yeah. saw that when you dropped the, uh, the LP, I thought, Oh, damn. That was just beautiful stuff. So, yeah, she did just absolutely knocked it out of the park. Um, You said that you you gave her, like, the rough ideas, but, like, were you really surprised by kind of what she turned back to you?
3: It was not necessarily what I had expected, but not in a bad way. It just, you know, I kind of thought it would look a little bit differently from the – the portrait of the the girl's head. Like I thought it would she her face would be like more in the center of the, the frame, you know, but when she came back and she had, uh, her like looking from the side, I was like, Oh, that's cool. I didn't even think about that. It, it was unexpected, but in a good way.
1: Cool. Cool. All right. Well, folks, we are coming down to the end of the conversation, but of course we're going to end things off with the most important question. What's next for you?
3: A lot of shows got shows in december and january and february coming up uh which will be a lot of fun i haven't really aside from just little solo sets haven't really played this material live uh with a band so i'm really stoked to be doing that and it's gonna be it's gonna be fun um and then i'm trying to really trying to put out another album next year if i can got to write enough songs for that which that's a you got to make time to do that and you know obviously squeeze that in with trying to promote this album and playing shows and and all the other stuff going on so i really hope i can do that it's i think i should be able to but uh that'll be that'll be cool and then just obviously wanting to play more shows get out of town more and just keep pushing forward
1: Excellent. I like that. I like that. All right, well Kyle, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. And for the folks at home, if you want to learn more about this great band, check their music. It's Gabby and the Gondolas. Just type it in there. You're you're not going to find anything else. You're going to just just find this band.
3: That's uh that's kind of the reasoning why I went with it because it was like, "Hey, how many Gabby and the Gondolas are out there, you know?" It was that was part of it too. So, I guess I'm a marketing whiz.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I would definitely agree with that, actually, yeah, because, I mean, who else is going to call their business or their book or whatever Gabby and the Gondolas? I mean, unless you actually want a gondola service and your name is Gabby, it ain't going to happen.
3: Nobody in their right mind would name anything that. (laughs)
1: <laughs> so, some, uh, somewhere in Venice a young person I named Gabby is listening to this to this podcast and giving up on their on their lifelong ambition I'll never they run a gondola right. service my dream yeah, is dead looking down on
2: their notepad that they scribbled the name on they're just crossing it off yeah exactly he's like them. fuck yeah. this
1: name his name sucks <laughs> I hate this name exactly (laughs) that's us supporting artists and crushing dreams that's what we're all about on on this show but Kyle thanks again man great talking to you we're loving the music and definitely looking forward to what comes next
3: yeah thank you guys so much I I really appreciate you having me on
1: and Curtis until next time
3: until next time buddy
1: and with that we bring this episode to a close Thanks for listening. And if you haven't already, check us out on Facebook under Citywide Blackout in Twitter and Instagram under Citywide Max. You can catch this and all your favorite episodes on your favorite podcast platform. And new episodes are added every week, as well as on Boston Free Radio every Saturday at 10 p.m. You get at me at citywidemax at yahoo.com if you want to suggest a guest, submit your music, or just drop us a line. Thanks for tuning in and I'll see you next time.